That's the first we've ever done. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We're, we're, we're out. Yeah. Yeah. On Tuesday, we kicked off Movie Night Automata, a month of movies about androids, robots, and the humans they interact with. We started off with Blade Runner and had a lively conversation about it. Implants. Those aren't your memories. They're somebody else's. They're Tyrell's nieces. Tonight, we're going 40 years further to talk about Koganata's 2022 movie after Yang. We will keep Yang's body preserved here in a biostate while you go and review the memories and decide what you want to do next. Talking about Blade Runner, a movie which subverted the corporate ethos of the 1980s, we talked about the Terrell Corporation, the evil company which deceived and experimented on the Nexus models until they became smarter and stronger than humans. After Yang is a movie that also has a secretive corporation, Brothers and Sisters Inc., and an industry of secondhand companies that sold used robots. It's a bunch of corporate bullshit. You know who made that a law? Brothers and sisters. They're just trying to protect their spyware. You recycle that, they will have so much data on your family, make your head spin. The 2010s and 2020s have been rife with examples of corporations providing paid and free services to secretly record and collect data, demolishing privacy. In this world, much like TikTok and the scare right now, there is fear about Chinese spying from these androids called Technosapiens. Now we have proof. Now, so you've never seen these before. What does it matter? It is what it is. Have you looked at the recordings? No. No, I'm pro-private. Can I see what's on here? Colin Farrell and Jodie Turner-Smith play a married couple named Jake and Kyra who have an adopted daughter, Mika, who is Chinese. Naturally, not wanting her to lose her heritage or culture, they buy a second-hand android named Yang to watch and tutor Mika. Why do they do it? Why do they move branches to different trees? It's called grafting. They do it to make something new. Some of the apples you love were produced by combining different trees. It's an ancient technique that was used in China over 4,000 years ago. A Chinese fun fact? Yes. However, Yang has a malfunction in his computer core and is not fixable, especially as these second-hand and third-hand companies are not even allowed to fix parts of the Technosapiens. These machines are far too complicated for the average person, even talented technicians, and the corporations have benefited from that immensely. This movie raises a lot of interesting ideas. Justin Min's Yang is both Chinese and an android, which makes him an outsider. Mika is also an outsider. Did Yang ever struggle with being a techno? What do you mean? I mean, did he ever want to be human? such a human thing to ask, isn't it? And the fact that these identities are so central to their relationship makes for questions like, what is a human? What is Asian? Can an android be Chinese? And also about family, which transcends blood and, like branches on a tree, can be grafted together in beautiful ways. Koganata, a director originally known as a video essayist, is South Korean, and even his name is a thing he bestowed upon himself as part of formulating his identity 
as an Asian American immigrant. Another similarity with Blade Runner, Koganada's Brothers and Sisters Incorporated is secretly experimenting with implanting memory. The memory banks allowed the technos to record a few seconds each day. The labs were trying to understand what technos considered memorable. But the research was uncovered, the whole project was shut down immediately for violating privacy laws. In both cases, the idea of memory would be too much for their customers, I think, especially with the privacy issues in the age of data collection. But Yang has implanted memories, which are discovered after his death. This leads us in both cases to the question, when does an android start being human? Is it feelings? Is it memories? Is it identity? This is a question we will continue to return to. That the end, that the end is also a beginning, is also the beginning. For the caterpillar, for the caterpillar, yes. But do you believe it's true for all things? I don't know. I'm not programmed to believe in that way. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, please like this video and subscribe to the Moving Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Hit that bell to get notified whenever we're streaming. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live stream, send us a super chat, which helps me keep the show running, and which I am obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash extra. All of our after parties are on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, host of Bretonic Reversal, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends has a new split LP with Lung, Adult Prom, available now on Bandcamp. J. Andrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, artist for Gives of an Argument, co-host for Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Zach Marsh is a filmmaker and film aficionado, and the writer and director of the short film A Talk in the Park. I, of course, am your slightly used and fully refurbished host, Boris Miller. Yang is gone. What? <laughs> I like that you got a uh, appropriate icon for the Automata month for us. It's very, uh, very nice of you. Yeah, and I should say, uh, the letter hack did it. He updated his. Um, he updated his his drawing of me that he did on his show. He wants nice. to have you on, by the way, to draw you and like uh, talk to you. But you have to actually physically go on to the show for him to do that. That's his like uh, his deal. But no, within like I don't know half an hour, he like put up a picture of me as a robot, and I was like, all right, yeah. well, I'll use it for the rest of the month. <laughs> Zach, welcome back to the show, man. It's so great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me back, guys. It's uh, it's cool to be here. I'm I'm really excited to talk about this. this is one, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. So let's start with that because I. I was an early adopter for After Yang, which I didn't realize how horrifically horrible it was to be able to even see the damn film. Uh, but Zach, you were one of the first people I know that that sounded off on this, and I was like, "Oh, well, hell yeah, awesome!" And then, like, through reading one of your one of your logs on Letterboxd, I've only uh, seen it the one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but like Sadly. when I, when I saw you, I was like, "Oh yeah, that thing," because I heard about it, and I was like, "Here's here's what I heard about it." There's a lo-fi sci-fi movie about androids. Colin Farrell has a cool, weird mustache. Those are the two things I knew about it. 
<laughs> and both yes. of those things were true. Yes. And I didn't know it was the same guy did Columbus. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know like how like heartrending it was. Like I didn't know anything about it. But it was you posted about that. I was like, oh yeah, I should watch that. And then I watched it. I kept waiting for it to come on streaming to like propose it for the show. I'm apparently still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how did they come to your attention, Zach? Uh, well, what was it? What was it at South by? last I think, year i think so yeah yeah so i knew some people i mean one i mean as soon as i heard like i'm i i fell in love with cognata because of columbus but uh so whenever it was like announced i was right on top of it plus and, and it's a24 too right yeah right right so, you yeah. know it's not gonna be boring yeah so that's like i'm, I'm always on top <laughs> there's of gonna be cool lighting and there was yeah <laughs> uh, like so between the a24 thing the cognata thing i i had an awareness of it for a while then i knew some people that saw it at at south by and were raving about it um you know and i was just biding my time and it was uh when i was doing my my yearly wrap-up of like catching up on things i hadn't seen to make my top 10 list after yang must have been one of the last 10 or so films that i saw it was the you know it was a couple days before christmas uh and i saw that it was on we have a streaming service here called crave which kind of amalgamates like all the cable stuff and hbo and whatnot uh, and it was on there. So I, I kind of lucked out to get to to see it just before the year closed out in 2022. Yeah, because uh, this came out in 2021, right? Which yeah. is crazy. Like, <laughs> it's no, like, I think it can't. No, I think it was South by Southwest 2020. Or was it? Was it 2021? Yeah, I think it was South by Southwest 2021. And then it, like, it got released it so in long. Like, very early 2022, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's a full on actually come out. Like yeah. So it's, it's, it's a 2022 film, but people saw it in 2021, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I need to see if it's still on there uh, or where it is because I, I desperately, I, I wish I had time to rewatch it for the episode. Um, I, I desperately want to rewatch it. Uh, I completely fell in love with that movie. Yeah. And Forrest Andy, is, is, this is both of y'all's first time, right? Yeah. I, I hadn't heard of this movie. I yeah. try to watch, like, whenever I hear something from me too far, I try to watch it. Like, They've had a pretty good output, and the fact that they're like kind of cash trapped right now to the point where um, they're cash trapped to the point where they want to start making like superhero movies. It's like, all right, well, we really got to get better at like as a culture at watching more of these eight two four movies because <laughs> like Bo is afraid kind of uh, flop for them, not like critically, but like um, you know, like box oh, office wise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I would love to see what kind of superhero movies they do choose to do. Well, I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, it'd, it'd be actually interesting stuff. Uh, I sexual lighting man. Yes. <laughs> maybe they can bring back uh uh the tick with griffin newman you know mm. who knows anything's mm. possible yeah uh yeah i mean this is a this is so far and away from that right this is such a special like small little beautiful story that like and, and so many things are in it's in this great lived-in world you know there's self-driving cars but nobody's like hey check it out i'm getting my self-driving car like people aren't like drawing attention to it it's just it's part of the the atmosphere of what's happening and and little things like the framing when they do like the video calls and stuff like it it, it changes the perspective it's all like super subtle i mean that and, and i've only seen the two films but that's like coconata's like whole deal right like it's just this incredibly effortlessly sentimental without being treacly and just like really cool visuals like really lived in I'm I'm interested in seeing I'm on the um the Wikipedia right now. Uh what before and after their um uh, this movie, like which A24 movies came out. 
Oh, I guess it was uh, X and the Sky is Everywhere. I haven't seen either of those, but oh, X is X is fun. Watch Pearl first, though. Pearl's I first. Pearl's the better movie. Yes, yes. So this movie, I, this I, movie I, I I saw them, so I, I I meant to see X in the theater. I I didn't get a chance to it, just scheduling things. I ended up seeing Pearl first. Yeah, I feel that my experience of X was much better than it would have been if I had seen them the other way around. Right. So this movie came also, I do think Pearl is the better film. They released yes. it uh, two weeks before X, and they released it three or I think um, like three or four weeks before Everything Everywhere All at Once. This movie came out oh, March fourth, and Everything <laughs> okay. Everywhere All at Once came out March twenty fifth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that, so that tracks because yeah, some things happen, right? Um, but yeah. you think that, you think that like uh, they they do a little streaming push with uh, Colin Farrell's uh, Oscar nomination back you know last you know earlier this year. Uh, you know, they just like done a, they should have done a double feature at like some like with this movie and then everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, that would have been like a cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's uh, like I mean, I think Zach, you were the one that mentioned like, oh, maybe we were campaigning for Colin Farrell to win the win an Oscar for the wrong movie. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> can we just you know really quickly? I mean, Colin Farrell last year had like the best year that an actor has like ever had. Yeah. between like banshees this and the batman like that's yeah like covering the bases man like <laughs> <Yeah>. jesus <laughs> oh uh it's, feral gear. it's currently <laughs> on canopy with a lot of the great a24 flex i did not know that okay, okay. that's the library one which i i like yes. half signed i've been half signed up for that for like months and i keep forgetting to, to yeah you ask, you ask yourself oh why are they uh not making as much money as they could and then yeah, it's like yeah. oh they're putting they're giving their stuff to the library go to the public library streaming service and you can find yeah. it oh great <laughs> yeah yeah that's a that's big money yeah. yeah, well, and they don't even charge light <laughs> it, it is a great mustache. Yes, I agree. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. That's literally how it was it's characterized to me. But it, but it is weird because, well, X obviously was very popular as genre fair. Uh, Ty West always has his audience and has his um, has 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 his fans, and it, it seemed to strike a chord, you know. Uh, and that's that's cool. And then, of course, everything everywhere all at once. And we were a part of that zeitgeist, right? We we were pushing that from like the beginning. So I think it's about like April. Um, but yes. uh, Mia Goth, I try to think of her name. Damn it. Um, and, and I get it. And peace and love in my heart. I'm just saying that like it, it's no reason for this like really kind of just wonderful little gem of a movie just to be kind of like looked over. And, and I don't also, think they help say anything. To, like it's hidden away. You have to like look for it. Well, and also, and I can testify firsthand of the fact that it was very easy to see everything everywhere all at once in a movie theater. What, what was, what's your count at? Uh, well, in terms of just theatrical, I believe it's thirty-five. I've seen it forty. I've seen it forty <laughs> times in total, and I think only five of them have been at home. So they're probably they're probably uh, riding the old uh, riding the wave. They're like, okay, we're probably not going to make money on any movies for a while. Like, we're not going to clear the yeah. box office. We got to make sure that it's literally the easiest thing to see. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like but, you literally, if you throw a rock, you know, it hits somebody that's still watching uh, everywhere, every everything all, yeah, everything everywhere all at once. Why is it yeah. now? It's hard for me to say that. It's been like, yeah, a, you didn't, you did fine when we did the episode. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but like it's it, it's the opposite. Like with After Yang, like you couldn't, right. it, like it wasn't, it was didn't play in Toronto. Yeah, if it did, it played in one art house theater that doesn't advertise. I looked for it. I, I originally, because I was like, oh, that does sound cool. I'll look for it, see if it's playing anywhere near me. Nope. I'd have to drive to Illinois to see it. I'm like, I will not see that movie then, I guess. And that's why it took me like almost a year to freaking to, to see it because it was just like, if I can't see it, I, I can't see it. Yeah. yeah I think I think I would have had, I think I saw, I would have had to like drive to Montreal or something 
which would have required going to Quebec, and I'm not. Yeah, then you got to deal with French Canadians, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh my God. No, they're just they're just not. They hate the uh, SUVs. Uh, my my grandmother uh, was driving down one of the bridges in, in Montreal once, and and uh, I just remember all these people yelling at her in French because she she was driving a suburban in like 1989. Yeah, well, they're, they're French. They'll yell at you for anything. They yeah, want, exactly. They just want to. They, they want an excuse to pretend that they're angry so they can they can seem. Uh, right. You know. So so uh, Coconut <laughs> is like even before Columbus, right? Like his first. Um, Which also was Haley Lou. Haley Lou's in that as well. Yeah. So he started he started his career out um as like a video essayist, and I don't. I, I, I was going to say, does that hope. give you hope that? Uh, yeah. hope for it? <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the pipeline that I wanted to do. Like I want to be a fucking film director at some point. Yeah. But like. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of, I mean, and his first essay was like a Breaking Bad essay that I think I remember. I think I remember when he dropped the POV oh, nice. Breaking Bad uh, one. Like, I didn't know it was him or anything, but like, I think right. I remember seeing that, like, at least by the description. But, um, yeah, like, it's kind of criterion, um, criterion, like extras and stuff, too. Yeah. Well, a lot of, I like, it went from that to like getting paid to do stuff, um, from like his video essay. I can't think of another person that's, I mean, besides maybe like an Adam Curtis type of like, person that just does that now right like i can't think of somebody that has jumped from video essays to features yeah by the way do i sound okay on this mic yeah i sound great I, yeah okay yeah i mean it's i think the new one i got yesterday park chan looked at a little bit of that right uh before uh i mean i don't know if it's video essays but he definitely he came from the uh, um like the film lover critique world originally if i remember correctly but yeah well, a lot of people have done a lot of uh filmmakers especially like um like foreign filmmakers start out doing film critique like um yeah. I mean, in France and in South Korea and, you know, a lot of places. But, like, the video essay is obviously, like, a new enough format that it's, like, how many how many people can you really think of that jump from it? I mean, I guess between this and then the Daniels jumping from uh, making fucking, like, Little John videos to, to making everything everywhere <laughs> all at once. Like, two, two kind of interesting... Uh, kind of roundabout ways of getting where we want to go. But that's going to be more and more, I think, as, uh, as kind of filmmaking progresses right like because it's so much easier to just throw yourself online and like make short yeah, yeah. films and make short i mean as that can attest and, and you learn like, the format you learn yeah. editing you learn pacing you learn you know what does and does and make a good shot composition you may not be do, you know doing a narrative feature or anything but it's something where you're gonna have the mechanics for it and language for it so yes. that if you have a really cool idea and in i'll say again having seen the, the two feature length films have a really good world in your mind of what it's going to be then you're after the races you know just get some talent for people to be on the screen and on, and on you go you know yeah i mean, I mean like uh, that that whole music video to uh director thing has, has been a uh you know long established trope at this sure. point yeah, yeah. uh because yeah. i mean you know we covered it a bit with uh tape heads and uh <laughs> I, I will right. i will actually stand by this uh the crow city of angels is very competently directed as far as like uh uh, you know the technical side of things. There, right. there, there's there are problems with that movie. That's not a, that's not this uh, this episode. But like uh, aesthetically, like like it nails it. And I think it's all from you know thinking about things through the uh, the lens of a video filmmaker. Yeah, well, and you know there's there's plenty of Spike Jones. You know, I yeah. mean, I mean, even David Fincher did some videos. You know, like it's it's a pretty common thing. But I think that like we're we're kind of getting getting into the weeds a little bit here. I, I think it is notable that this is. We placed this after Blade Runner, right? And I think that that makes sense. And do you guys, now that you've seen it, do you agree that like it makes oh, yeah. sense to place this after Blade yeah. Runner? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah and they're, they're far better they're than my Blade. They're literally uh, 40 years <laughs> apart, the two, the two movies. Because yeah. like, uh, it brings up a lot of the same ideas. And it, it's that whole, like, 
I and I just adore that line, you know, when talking about like, you know, oh, did he want ever want to be human? And like her reaction to that is so fantastic. Like, why do you always why do everyone always think that, you know, that's what everyone wants? Like, why would you want to be human? Yeah. <laughs> the ego egocentrism of the human race uh, asking those questions in sci-fi all the time. And, also, and it's so great also, to actually hear that. a clone, which kind of, I mean, right. they don't go into the, I wish they go into the clone stuff more because I don't, I want to know like how many, I want well, to know after the clone wars, statistics. you really want to see more clones. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like population statistics, like are clones common? Like, do they hide that they're, cause it seems like they hide that they're clones and like, maybe they live in the shadows. Like, he, like they couldn't give out the girl's name, Ada's name see, to him. You know what okay. I mean? like, all right. So I, I kind of disagree. Cause first of all, this is just slightly over 90 minutes. Perfect. Yeah, and I think that if you start packing that stuff in, what does it have to do with the ultimate story? Like, it's oh. interesting, it's yeah, cool. Yeah. Even but... for the sequel, right, after right. <laughs> Well done. How, how long are you holding on to that one? Uh, <laughs> all day. Okay. I don't. I don't think that you do a lot more. I just. I don't know. Like my my interest was peaked. One of the things that peaked it is well, definitely he... like, and and his kind of like casual uh, clone phobia that he doesn't seem to realize that he has. But like, which he gets called else, out on, yeah. He gets <laughs> called out, but also his wife seems to react to it. The neighbors, like you know, like well, he was seems pissed like, off that the neighbors' kids are cloned, and it's just like, yeah. dude, like what? What does it matter? How does that affect you? you? How does that affect your life at all? Yeah. Is it like I don't know? It's it's kind of, and also uh, I guess the thing about clones is like because they clone somebody else's great aunt, you know what I mean? Like in, in that part yeah. of it, like that's what they explain, and it, it's kind of um like is it like a reproduction without reproducing thing? And the other the other thing that I had a question about is like. uh they like it seems like Chinese adoptions are very. Did something happen to China in this world? Like, yeah, uh, well, it so, seems like, yeah. Go so, there, go, oh, no, I was just gonna say, there, there's little clues that are like not explicitly said in the movie. Yeah, if you look at like there's a little like news articles and, and things in there that's like, oh, yeah, there was like some crazy war, and basically, their uh, domestic setup of you know, raising an Asian child is like that's meant to be like rather common in the world without anyone actually saying it's crazy how we had that 50 year war and how we have to raise all these Asian children now, you know. Yeah. But, but like we, we, we were doing that with uh Korean kids, uh, you know, right. when we were younger, uh, I, I remember that was like a, a trend, um, and, and uh, uh, you know, adopting uh, you know, Korean or, or uh, Vietnamese children, right. and uh, so, so so like it's not that uncommon that uh, of a thing, too. So, so especially if there was uh, some kind of war in this in this world. Well, it's common uh, enough in this. Like, it seems like the main function of uh, of 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 the androids is to be like an older brother, specifically specifically for Chinese children, right? Like, uh, yeah, like when, when they're they're like, yeah. oh, we make we make older siblings for Chinese children. Like, so they that. have some to so some someone yeah. to teach them about their culture, and so yeah. they don't feel so culturally isolated. Like, it's so somebody could uh, introduce them to Blade Runner, like like we were as children. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, by the way, the 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 quote is that Ada says, uh, "Well, um, yes, Yang ever want to be human?" She says, "That's such a human thing to ask, isn't it? You always assume other beings would want to be human, and it's like, yeah." Oh. Um, the uh, <laughs> the um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll pull I'll pull it up, but there's an interview clip where he says that he wanted to avoid the Pinocchio uh, trope. Yeah, where yeah. it's like. And I like that he calls it because you expect it, yeah. you expect it almost because we're just so used to seeing it. Think God, of, data, uh, d yeah. Uh, was mm -hmm. it the the uh, the fuck, the Spielberg movie? I mean, like all those like AI. It, yeah, it's just which I no no that was not included in this month, by the way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a fine movie. It's fine. It's yeah. just man, come on. There's nothing but, to talk about with it. Yeah, it's, like, not, it's not on the same level as Blade Runner or After Yang. Right. Yeah. We 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 like to cover. 
big populist fair. AI doesn't need movie night extravaganza's help. After Yang might. You know, like yeah. if we can turn on a couple of people to watch this cool movie with this with this discussion, great. If we get two people to watch it, that increases its viewer count by like 50%. That's better than the actual ad campaign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're, uh, we're, we're helping out that small film that nobody yet, nobody has yet seen, 2001 A Space Odyssey at the end of the month. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes you do things because it's freaking yeah. gracious. But, but yeah, like, so the Pinocchio syndrome, right? Well, and also, also think about how Asian folks are generally represented in science fiction, right? Which, which, is, all, which is generally like automatons. Yes. Like, I mean, usually, you know, like uh, Harry more, Kim. Right. Exactly. They, they, they tend to be like more like more emotionless and uh, more, um, you, you know, it, it's a whole thing. And and I like the idea and I can't remember for us that this is this is including in any features or anything. But like with uh, Koganata talking about like he's had these like, you know, these incredibly like, rich, immersive conversations with like other Asian people about these huge issues. And that you just don't ever see that depicted in film. Yeah. No. Um, I, so let's have I, a bunch I, of white guys talk about it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're representing the Colin Farrell contingent. Right. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this this is uh he went to um. Uh, he went to like the New York Film Festival. I think this is, but uh, cool. this is him talking about the before he's showing the movie and they're, like there's a bunch of different little parts in this. Like uh, I guess they they cut it together in a kind of awkward way. Like. There's pauses between the things, but feels like such an honor. It feels uh, humbling and exciting, you know. Uh, yeah, so you know, I've known about the festival. It looms large in my mind, and uh, to be able to close out this festival is, is really oh, it's a the, great it's the AFI. Uh, one festival. of the producers, Tressa Park, had yeah. uh, um, sent me the collection and asked me to read one story that wasn't uh, that wasn't this story, uh, and I loved the story. Um, it was called the Cartographers, but it I didn't it didn't necessarily resonate uh, in, in regards to me making or adapting it uh, and then I, but I found another short story uh, that I really responded to and I think you know it was such a grounded v- vision of the future and I love that it was just through the lens of a family you know as a domestic lens and often when you do a sci-fi it's the end of the world and you're only following like heroes and villains but this was just telling this story of, uh, and the short story is just a day in the life of this father who ha- is a bit annoyed that his this robot has been broken. And by the end of the day, you know, he has some memories about the robot and, uh, and he kind of discovers grief that he didn't know he had. But there, in this, in that small story, there was uh, like seeds of so many things that I wanted to explore, and one of it was that that the robot was Asian. The writer's not Asian, but even the idea of the construct of Asianness, like an Asian robot, it is like a manufactured Asian robot. And I think, as someone who uh, is a part of the diaspora, I think anyone who's a part of the diaspora, you understand that feeling of the construct of your identity li- living outside of that that space. And so I wanted to explore that as well. The story is really following this father who is trying to fix this robot for his daughter. You know, they they uh, in this sort of future world, you can buy robots to be like surrogate siblings. 
and there's a specific kind of surrogate siblings for adopted children. She, uh, she's a Chinese uh, that you can buy like a cultural robot that will help them connect to their uh, heritage. And that's who Yang is. And he's trying to fix uh, Yang, mostly just for his daughter. And also because he, he, the Yang has almost become a babysitter. So as a, as a parent, uh, it allows them to be a bit more free. So it's really like this act to do it, not out of, um, compassion or, or because they uh, but really out of convenience but through that process he discovers more and more about yang and 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 has uh really literally has to contend with memories about yang yeah. being someone who i was born in korea but i came to america very young i was a toddler um and so most of my life has been sort of navigating uh a Western world, a largely white Western world, and uh, trying to understand, you know, both, but but I, of course, am Asian, you know, like when people see me, they, they have a, a ton of assumptions and expectations and um, that I have had to contend with, you know, and sometimes it's a perception of Asian-ness that I don't even have about myself. And so it's this sort of ongoing struggle to know what it means to be Asian, if I'm Asian enough. And sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes you feel too Asian or not Asian. So that is like, I think again, for people who are um, in that feeling displaced, that's an ongoing struggle. Um, so it really was a way to try to sort through this longing for place, you know. And though it's specifically Asian in this story, and my struggle is specifically Asian, I think we live in a modern world, and I think this feeling of alienation displacement is universal. I don't think you, you know, I think uh, all, all of us can feel that, that need to belong and to feel connected in the world. So I think in this larger way, this, you know, because Jake is also, you know, at the beginning, the father in the story is adrift. You know, he feels disconnected to his family. He feels um, like the thing that he thought he loved was his tea and was trying to make a business of it is, um, you know, that that he's lost whatever passion or belief he's had in that as well. So I think most sci-fi is like the future is dystopian. Um, you know, you see metal and glass and, and it's about some large, um, you know, large uh, world struggle. And this exists in the film, but it's all very backgrounded. And when I watch sci-fi, I think the thing that I find myself longing for is like knowing how normal people are trying to get through the day you know I, I like you know i'll see some big sci-fi and sometimes in the background you see a family and i'm like uh, what is that their life you know like and um and you know like we will sometimes be in the midst of world events like there's a war going on uh, uh in ukraine and but you know most people are still just trying to get through a day and i just thought god i would love a sci-fi in which it, it, you know really it, you're you're stuck in a domestic space and you're figuring out what the struggles of their their lives are so um and then the other thing was the like also presenting a more organic kind of future you know i had this sort of backstory that there was some cataclysmic climate event that it, that this was a sort of post post-apocalyptic story that this society was sort of uh, emerged from um you know disaster and how to make peace with nature so i also wanted to kind of create a different type of aesthetic that was more uh organic and there weren't floating screens and and metal and glass everywhere how successful too because it is absolutely that like yeah. it's, it's and that's why it pops so much as a movie is because there's 
these real human interactions that are maybe in a in a situation where the trappings aren't what we're used to. I mean, like relatable things like the fact like, yo, you need some, some space marriage counseling going on, bro. Like you're not talking to each other at all. And there, it seems like uh, space marriage counseling. Thank you. The, the world is both very <laughs> mundane as it obviously would be, but also it feels very isolated, right? Like, yeah. Everybody in it seems like they're they're still trying, almost like the post pandemic kind of thing, where it's like everybody's back in the world, but they're still kind of isolated from each other. Like there's a there's this feeling of there's like a lot of space in this movie. I feel and like getting together and doing yeah. stupid shit online. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the dancing, <laughs> video, which is amazing. Chat calls. What do you guys think about that? By the way, the the way that they framed the video chat calls, I thought was cool. The, oh, where it's like straight on to everybody. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. Off, but it's also like not it's not the full screen, right? Like it's almost yeah. like. It's jarring at first because you don't exactly see what they're doing. Right. Uh, it, it just kind of jumps right into it. You're like, oh. Like, I think it's so yeah. hard to portray that in an interesting manner because we're so used to seeing it. And, I mean, we were seeing, look at Blade Runner. They they couldn't predict the cell phone, but there's there's FaceTime. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it also, like, you know, prints out a Polaroid, which is all right. But A lot of movies do it, but you see, like, the shape of the phone. Like, they're like, oh, let's yeah. try to do it with the shape yeah. of the phone. In yeah. this, like, trying to develop what the technology is, like, it's just kind of like a screen and then the person on it. Like, I thought that was cool that they didn't even yeah. try to do it like, uh, like, hey, honey, how's it going? Like, it's almost you, you just see it through the eyes of whatever the, you know, the technology is. It, it feels it feels very true to life and how you would see a video call but also but it also feels hyper artistic in a kogan like the yeah. koganata way which is cool because if, if i see one more movie where text messages are, are conveyed by just the text bubbles appearing on screen oh while God. a character and it goes, and it goes well like we're seeing a character from like this way they're looking right. at their phone and then i'm going to shoot myself in the middle of the movie theater, so, so hacky <laughs> and i'm so it, it is it. but like i i do appreciate that they're trying something I, at least the first time it was done no, the not, first not time, sure, but this is like yeah. 100 first time. I know. You know? It's, like, yeah. it's like, come on, come up with something different, people. Come on. Which which is come why on. that's so cool, and like you do indeed have to hand it to him, that he found a way yeah. not only to do it different, but it's like super cool looking. Like, it's super I, artistic looking. I feel like that's that's the thing about Koinata, though, is like almost everything just stylistically, visually, the worst that you can accuse it of is that it's been done twice. Yeah, like that. You could be like, well, he did that in Columbus too. Obviously, not the video call thing. That's because yeah. there weren't video calls in Columbus. But yeah, uh, they don't like, have that technology. So, like, he, he is genuinely just like one of he, he's he has one of the most unique senses of just visual to me of like any filmmaker. He's got a great um, mise en scene too, and yeah, like it's again, I. It, it, it's kind of astounding because like when i saw columbus like this is his first freaking movie <laughs> this is like insane like this is, there's no way like the, like they had to have like four others before this right nope okay uh, the, the closest the closest i can think of him is he's like he's like hyper naturalistic wes anderson yes uh, whereas uh, wes and where wes anderson yeah. is like is is incredibly whimsical and it's very much like it's a caricature of a world that he's making like Cold and unfeeling in a lot of ways. Very yeah, Coconut is doing it with. Yeah. He's literally just doing it with places that exist on Earth. He's not building sets and shit like that house. And the house in After Yang is just a house. Yeah, which which I want to uh, talk about the house uh, because like it's interesting because it's a very uh, Japanese feeling house. The way there's like different, you know, the rooms sure. are kind of set off, and yeah. there's like a garden in the middle of it, and uh, you know, you see you see the little girl like walking, you know, uh, you know. Uh, opening up the you know the door and walking out and, and it's just 
Yeah. Uh, but but it's also not like it's not like in your face Japanese either. It's it's just subtly and it's just like that that's an interesting thing that that you know, here's this guy obsessed with tea living in an Asian style house. Um uh <laughs> and uh it's just you know But he doesn't just, have yellow fever like so many other uh <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah, so his, many other dudes his, in that situation. He, the, the thing where you just kind of hang out at a tea shop all day and like, I uh, I like, really wanted, yeah, like the tea shop. I, first of all, I love it, and secondly, yes. like it's such a bummer because you're like, oh, nobody comes to your tea shop, dude. Like, and then and, and when that one chick does, and she wants the crystals, and he's like, I, I, that's not like what I do. Have uh, you ever been to a tea shop before? Because every <laughs> single time I go in, there's a woman just like that. Um, Who's like demanding something that that they don't carry, and right. it, it's always it's always great. Like, like I remember my personal favorite one is just this woman uh, kept asking for this. Like, okay, how about this tea, uh, ma'am? That's a hallucinogen. We we can't sell that. <laughs> like, how about this one? That's also a hallucinogen. <laughs> well, and and then I I like that one of the things it gets into is the conversation uh, between Jake and Yang, right? Where they, where they're talking about the tea, and they're kind of like for more or less bonding about it. Frankly, yeah. yeah. Well, then he's like, I should have this Android run my tea shop when I'm, when I'm gone. Like, I, I got to I got to teach you how to use how to do the tea. Um, but, but but there is a, this thing that that like even though Yang can't experience the tea as a human could, he finds things to love about it. Right. And, and they're finding a deeper connection as friends and family members through this thing that obviously is big enough for uh, for Colin Farrell's character to ostensibly devote his life to. I'm sorry, that tea shop ain't bringing in no money. Just, no. just, yeah. just, just FYI. That's the four of business ideas. You know, and tea has such a large, uh, you know, uh, you know, oversized. Uh, thing We're never gonna sponsorship that way, but okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, uh, and tea, tea is such like an oversized thing in, in Asian culture, and and uh, yeah. you know, like like there's a you know, Japanese tea ceremony. If you ever not, if you ever have a chance to witness one of those, do it because it's it's kind of incredible. Um, well, there's a lot of uh, there's like most cities have like a Japanese museum in the United States that they all have like professionally done tea yeah. ceremonies. I mean, we we actually had a guest on uh, Conan. You weren't on this episode that that actually uh, you know sometimes actually does do public displays of uh, uh, Japanese tea ceremonies, uh, which is just public displays awful. of tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, by the way, I want to I want to say the uh, because because we talked about the the um you know mise en scene of this movie um the the film like the cinematographer is the same one that did Dream Scenario which I still haven't seen but I know oh you cool it. Hey, oh yeah. it look it's it looked amazing I it's it's great it's great it's not it's it falls apart think, a bit I think but uh, slightly but not it kind of sticks I think it sticks the landing I I felt. It resonated with me by the end. I, I wanted, I liked the first half more than the second half, but I did enjoy it. And it, it, visuals are freaking awesome. I mean, the visuals were great in that and like great Nicolas Cage performance. But that's interesting because, uh, yeah, I know that, um, I don't know the person's name, but I, that, that person's worked on a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. And, and I think that, that, well, there's a lot of great shot composition. We talked about the, the video calls, right? But how about like Yang's memories that like, I mean, they're all sixty nine, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's and and that's a great way to be like, oh yeah, he's experiencing something else. And the idea of that he captures a certain part of each day, right? And that's part of like the record is like is like, yeah. I don't I don't know if you've ever um, seen any of the projects where, where it does that, but it's always like really fascinating. 
to just to be like, well, what is the what's the part of this day that's captured, right? And then you see it all like put together. It's like, oh, that's crazy, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's like, well, you know, if a, if an android could, uh, you know, could experience things, what would they care about? And it's like, well, he cares about the little girl that he's tutoring. That he's like, you know, he's there to just mediate her, uh, her culture and her, her heritage at first, right? Ends up raising her like a parent almost. But like that, is, she's most he's mostly just there to mediate her experience. Um. Yeah. He loves, you know, he meets the girl, which it's kind of crazy that the android could just like, uh, nobody knows that the android could just, you know, meet a girl and be like, yeah, I'm into this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just yeah. spit, spit, spit some game at the hot blonde at the coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And the weird thing is, it's like, 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 they're just never home, right? Like, how do they, like, I guess it, that it's, they're always at work. So I guess that's how he manages to, like, yeah. have a whole life that they're like, we didn't even, we were pay, paying attention to the fact that he's not here. Like, he's at, he, at one point, he's at a fucking rave or a concert or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now, I, I get found that... for tickets for that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but that, I, I it's a Mitski, right? It's a Mitski, Mitski show. Like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Andy. Um, uh, yeah, no, I thought the character was interesting too. That that she's almost like the yin to his yang. Um, but like uh, also like you know, uh, yang <laughs> does represent the male side of the yin and yang. Yin, yeah, no, we female. got it. Yeah, but like, it, it like, was. <laughs> No, no, yeah. I, I, like, but these are actually like like part of the meetings. Like, like uh, yeah. there's a there's a fun movie called uh, Shadows that uh, um, uh, I'm gonna blank on the director's name, but but uh, one of my favorite Chinese directors did. And the whole thing about the movie is about the yin and yang, and it's like, mm. oh, he fights mas with a masculine style, so I must use a feminine style to to combat his masculine style of fighting. Whatever. I mean, that's I mean that's like the uh, and it's it's most like it's like trying to get a point in on this show. Yeah, <laughs> stupidest way to describe it. But anyways, yeah, no, but but you know, because that that there is actually a male and female. Uh, yeah, Ada, who's a clone, it's, she's also yeah. not human. She's not a uh, what? What? It's not a um, what's the word? Uh, uh, the robot sapien, android sapien. What is it? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, te te uh, sapien. Yeah. So she's not that, but she's also not considered in the same class of human. Which again, leads to her just with that just absolutely scathing. Uh, quote when you know he, he, when Colin Farrell asked, uh, "Did he ever want to be human?" Right, and it was like, "Oh man," and, and it's it's like something that has needed to be asked in sci-fi and answered in that way for yes. like decades. Yes. <laughs> yes. And by the way, uh, Benjamin Lamb was the uh, cinematographer of this movie, and okay. he also worked on Mandy. Yeah, that was his first feature film. Dude, Mandy is Mandy is insane. Like I, I love Mandy dearly. Mandy is like insane cinema that is insane, but it looks incredible too. Like even people I know that like are like I didn't like it, but goddamn did that look cool. Uh, I still. By the way, uh, Andy, do you know where Kaganada uh, got his? It's nuts. Um, <laughs> you know where he got his name? Because that's not like his. Like he's given. He gave himself. He was not off the top of my head. I didn't realize I needed to look that up. So, uh, so, I didn't so his name comes from uh, Ozu, like the the film director, like Japanese director. His his cinematographer that he worked with on oh, a lot of the film. Okay. So okay, he gave cool. himself like, cause he's like, he's like a film nerd. He does video essays. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he gave himself a, a name, like a, a diaspora name kind of. Good. Good for him. Yeah. It's like that weird <laughs> movie about the uh, book of the dead where this guy's obs uh, named Kira Kira uh, Kurosawa for some reason. And he's obsessed <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> he's obsessed with the guy uh, with Toby Hooper films. Like, all right, all right, calm down. But whatever. <laughs> so for, for me, though, like all of these, the trappings, and he was talking about this in this clip, right, are, are more because this is really like a film about like loss and what loss means to you. Yeah. 
because yeah. they, and like there's small scenes like when um the the Mika the little girl is talking about how she would like wake up in the middle of the night basically conscript gang to go get water with her <laughs> which is sort of like oh no that was their ritual they like doing it as a thing they like doing together and like there's so many little small moments like that that again it's it's we get to learn along with Jake as he just forensically goes through all these like, memories, which is one of the coolest interfaces ever, by the way. Like most yeah. movies would like leaned into the fact that you have this like matrix kind of there it is. Okay, mark the time, 45 minutes. Had to get it in there. <laughs> uh th- like you get this um, like unraveling of you know the, the secret life. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh it's gonna go dark. It's gonna go dark. And because you just expected there's gonna be some like oh the you know it's you're thinking of like um Another Ridley Scott movie, like Alien or something, right? Where it's like, oh, you know, like the, the androids like spying on them for this nefarious purpose. And it never goes that way. And I'm so glad it doesn't because it's like, oh, why are we expecting that to happen? Because we're just <laughs> used to seeing that. That's also too much of a thing recently in movies where there, there has is. to be a sinister twist because there has to be. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, it's the, like the everything is like the. It's like the bandality oh, of uh, the everyday uh, of the yeah. uh, right, right, right. of um, exactly. all of the the antagonism in the film, and which is sinister in its own way because like you know they really are collecting all this data on us and like you know the second you recycle like it's the same thing with uh, you know any any kind of phone right you trade your phone in like a refurbished phone and then uh, they could take stuff off it that's why they always say hey delete everything on your phone before you trade it in right, like it, right. it's the same kind of thing but I mean it is like almost like the banality of like a, a disposable. And there's a lot of cool shots in this uh, that are kind of also kind of dark where it's like the, just the body of Yang on somebody's lap or like, yeah. Cause like what if one of your family members yeah. was as disposable as a phone? Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is horrifying. Cause he gets them aftermarket. <laughs> and, it's, yeah. and because of that, he has a hard time like getting him service, which is sort of like, well, of course he would, if you were on a budget, if like, say you have, <laughs> you know, ostensibly a two paycheck household and one of them is successful and one of them is running that tea shop. Yeah, man, you, I'm sure you got to cut corners. You're 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 like, ah, it's good enough. It's fine. We don't need the, the Apple support, <laughs> you know? Well, and, and, and like uh, the brothers and sisters support package. Yeah. Nobody, no one really thinks about like, Hey, I should maybe like try to check that this isn't like uh traded in multiple times. Right. Like the assumption is just yeah. like, Oh, this has been one person had it for five days. And of course that's not the case. Like, of course yeah. there's another thing that happened and somebody traded in before that. Like, this like, is like an entire know, lifetime model. too. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's the amazing yeah. thing is like, what year is this set in? Because if, if this robot spent the entire lifetime with this other family, um, you know, where, where, where he watched a child grow up and, and the uh, matriarch die of old age. Yeah. Like, man, like, like, well, and then you have to be like, well, that's kind of a life, isn't it? Like what we I was just thinking. And Colin Farrell's character like really only kind of thinks of him as an attache that's like, hey, quit dancing. We already lost. You know, like that kind yeah. of like that level yeah. of engagement. He's also uh, he's also clone phobic. So, you know, it's like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of his journey of uh, <laughs> like, uh, you know, understanding the humanity. Uh, and, and I mean, humanity, I, I don't uh, you know, it's not the right word for for this. Uh, but but it's like what, what he's the Archie he's- bunker of clones. <laughs> well it's not even he's like he's, he's pretty uh he's, he's, 
I, I, I know. I'm just. I'm, I it's thinking, a joke. No, it's a joke. No, no, I know. I know. I'm not trying to disagree. I'm not trying to disagree with that. I'm saying, um, like I was, I was thinking of a word while you were like before you made the joke. Like I was thinking, like he's almost like very narcissistic. Like he's very wrapped up in his own. He's thing, wrapped right? up in like, his god. Keep trying to keep his yeah. tea shop going. You know, the yeah. dude. The dude likes tea. Like when there's that thing of like, <laughs> I wish tea could be just fun facts for me. You know, like yeah. I, which is like. Yo, hard relatable. Like when someone's like, oh, music fun. It's like, I wish music was just fun for me. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I well, assure the, you, like, it is fun sometimes. <laughs> Yang wants to experience the tea as, you know, as he's right. experiencing he, he it. Wants to, and yeah. He wants to experience the tea as like kind of just uh, like this mediated thing and not like now his the thing that's consuming his life. Like he's he's yeah. the brewed tea bag at the end of the fucking thing, you know? Well, yeah. And I think that that's all that's notable. Or because... the crystals. Because, th <laughs> because think about, you know, like what he's capturing too. Like, why is he capturing these moments? And, and, and they're all like these kind of, it's just like memories we actually make. We don't remember. I barely remember what I did yesterday, right? But there's certain memories that you hold on to. And that becomes an important part of your identity and becomes a, a part of the life of the people around you. And ideally, it's positive stuff and it means something. But, uh, you know, the absence of it is... It's nice to be reminded, but it's but it's heartrending, and this is a great job of writing that balance beam. I think white people yeah. really do be loving those crystals, though. <laughs> no, like I mean the tea crystal, like they make them to look like actual they like crystal meth too. But yeah, the tea crystals yeah. especially. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen white people on uh, crystal tea? They look worse than regular white people, and all white people are disgusting. I was making like a really, like really, like warm, heartrending point, and that—that's what comes in. Okay, sure. but it's—it's it's, you know, it's unvarnished, right? And that's—and that's like it, the memory is what it is. And I like that there's certain things where it repeats, where it almost seems like it happened at. <laughs> It happened at different times, but it's the same memory. But you see it almost like parallax view, right? Like Rashomon effect, like where, where it's like, okay, like this is sort of like from one perspective, this is from another. But this is the same memory, but it gives you that it gives you the impression that it's happening multiple times, which is how memory is with humans. Yes, and, and it's different takes too. So like I've never seen slightly that slightly different too. So it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like it's jarring in a way. Um, and it's you're also like, like first hearing time you see a Jean Claude Van Damme movie where they do like the multiple edits for the kick. <laughs> Right. Well, it's like you're, like hearing his, yeah. you're hearing his <laughs> thoughts, like right? That. Like, you're also hearing, because a couple of times he, he says the thing he's about to say. Like, his brain is yeah. like, yeah. say this. And then he's like, this. Which I'm surprised his brain wasn't like, Chinese fun facts. Like, Chinese fun facts. I, but, I like I like how excited he gets whenever he might get to tell them Chinese fun facts. He's like, I know you have lots of lots of fun facts about tea. He's like, I do. You want to hear some? Yeah, he's he like, gets so excited. No, like, really. I, I see. <laughs> as I as I said, I would have listened to the Chinese fun facts. I would be interested in them. Yeah, this yeah. was like having Andy around. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what do you think Andy's short for? Zach, how you feel about the depiction of memory in this? Do you feel, do you feel like it's uh it's pretty rad oh, it, too it's, it's incredible it's 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 like the thing i mean i love everything about this movie like i don't have a single thing i can impeach it on but i think the thing that takes it from this movie i love to like this is one of my favorite movies of all time like this is top this is like top 25 30 nice. material at worst for me um is the the portrayal of memory i mean if, like my my whole letterbox review is like about how like holy shit this is the first time a movie has ever captured memory the way. And look, I don't, I don't know if that's how everyone experiences memory, but that's like, like I don't, 
you know, I get my letterbox review starts with I'm talking about some there's some like ravine behind my house or something. Like I don't like, you know, if you ask me what happened in that ravine on August 30th, 2011, I couldn't tell you. But I can tell you, like, I, I can I remember just little flashes of specific things. And I, and I know what the sensory experience and what it sounds like and looks like to, like, walk across that bridge. Because I walked across it a thousand times yeah. um, going back from school. Like, it, um, to have a movie, like, just capture, like, those, you know, the, rather than a whole flashback sequence, the, the two or three seconds that are so vivid in your mind that are so crucial the way that that person looked when they were watching. I mean, that's, that's literally one of the members in the film, like that, the right. way that uh, that woman looked when she was watching the, a concert and turned towards it at, at a particular note or chord. Yeah. Like it's, it's fucking phenomenal. Um, it, it's, it's genuinely like, it, I, I haven't, again, I, I haven't had the chance to rewatch it. I haven't seen the movie for a year and I've only seen it once. And but it stuck with you enough that you remember all that. Those stuff, sequences you know? are yeah. burned into my brain. Like I think they're burned in my, I, I could never not, I could never watch the movie again. And yeah. I think those moments are stuck with me for the rest of my life. Now that's not gonna be the case. Cause I, I intend to watch this movie many times. I just had a busy year. Yeah. yeah but, a little busy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, like, yeah, it's, no notes, no notes. But it's it's, most... it's in a movie about you know the the robot brother, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> slash nanny slash butler. You know, I mean, like it's and, so and it's been like a family pet too. Like, um, right? Uh, I, I mean, like uh, I, I think I'm the only person here who has kids, and uh, we had a cat that died, and uh, yeah. you know, my kid was in first grade, and it was hard on them. Um, sure. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, it, it, a lot of it brought back a lot of like those feelings of just like. Like, you know, there when your kid is hurting like that and there's nothing you can do, that also is just like such like it's it's so alienating because like like you you know, you yourself are also, you know, grieving at the same time. Right. And there and all you can do is help guide them through it. You can't actually fix <laughs> what yeah. the problem is. Yeah. Which in this which in this case, that's what Colin Farrell's trying to do. He's trying to be like, no, 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 we can we can fix him. And everyone's like, no, sir, we definitely can't. This is refurbished. Like the like, what is it? Oh, the the one oh my god, what is it? They're like, oh, we can take his voice box and it personality and, and, and make him an AI. I was like, oh, like that's like, yeah, we can stuff him, put on the mantle. No, I'm good. I'm good, man. It's we like he's on that. this phone now. It's like, <laughs> yeah, here's, here's Yang. That sounds horrific. That sounds worse than just like oh. having him be gone. Yeah. All I can think of is that meme of like the person who got their cat taxidermied, but the person like fucked it up and it just looks like it looks like Jabba the Hutt's like pet thing from Return of the Jedi. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the one with the like the flat head, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, can can we can we talk about the uh that's a very dark topic. Uh, <laughs> I fucking like I, I am I'm not full disclosure, not someone who particularly enjoys dancing. What a great opening credit scene though. Uh, yeah, I, I thought we were going to start with that because at the beginning, like me too, but we got away from it. So. That that might genuinely be the greatest opening credit sequence of all time. It has to, it's 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 got to be up there. It's so funny. It, it's, it's like a TikTok dance almost too. It's like yeah. The, yeah. they all know they all know it. They're like, uh, and I heard before the movie, and those two twins are terrible at it. They they never seem to get like kicked off. Anyway, I, I heard like, you know, I heard like whispers about like dancing, dance sequence, whatever from like yeah. early letterbox yeah. reviews. Yeah. But like 
when I actually sat down to watch the movie, I had no idea where it was in the film. I had no idea what it was. Like my yeah. jaw was on the fucking floor of my living room that entire sequence. Well, and it's just like yeah. it's right there at the jump. And it's yeah. and, and, yeah. and like you're like, was this gonna factor in heavily? Is this gonna be a dance related movie? No, not really. Yeah. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like it introduced a... all the characters. Yeah, yeah, it is a great way to introduce. I have a, I have a, I have a thing for this. Let me see. That. All I right, think, on I think this is the right one. I, yeah, um, genuinely impressed with that. I mean, what a cool, what a cool way to do it. What, what, what a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what it looks like every time. Every time I like, uh, I go to upload like a video on Twitter and it's stuck uh, in the beginning of whatever, over whatever. Yeah, you can't yeah. control where it starts. <laughs> right, right. Rocked. Shameful camel toe. I have a picture. <laughs> I remember that picture. <laughs> After Yang is a sci-fi film that opens with a group dance sequence. Did any of you have experience dancing? I have never been a dancer. I mean, I love to dance. In my head, I'm a classical ballerina. Absolutely no dance experience except some drunken nights on the dance floor at some weddings. And I think that really came through in the movie. Uh, <laughs> you, guys, you guys destroyed it though, so I thought, I thought you definitely have some dance experience, Colin. I earned a living as a dancer once. I mean, I use the term dancer very loosely uh, because it was uh, country and western dancing in Ireland. <laughs> what Deathly you silent. Footage? <laughs> it's online, it's tragic, it's online. It's me in a Wrangler, a denim Wrangler shirt with cut off sleeves and a choker. It's terrible. My favorite part was something like this. <laughs> <laughs> we were all drenched in sweat, I remember. Because we were wearing like plastic outfits as well. That's right, our glitter onesies. Yeah. Yeah. And you remember, Colin, costumes accidentally swapped our onesies. So you put on mine at first and I put I on did yours. put on yours and I rocked shameful camel toe. Shameful <laughs> camel toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that picture. So how does the dance help set up the world director Koganada created? When I saw it in the film, it was, it was such a gorgeous introduction to an oddness that is pervasive throughout the film. And I thought it was just a lovely way to kind of shake the audience into the idea that they were entering a very specific world because he's such a specific filmmaker, Koganada. The film is an exploration of, of home life and family and love and to go in and have that dance, which was so odd and so awkward at the start, really kind of set the tone for a world that was very foreign and yet familiar somehow. Jody, this was shot very early in your film career. Uh, did you feel any pressure coming onto set? I mean, it wasn't my first film, but it was my second. <laughs> yeah, it was only your second, it was. Before you start anything, there's that, that, that pressure, that fear, that like, do I even know what I'm doing? <laughs> you always sort of have this crisis of identity before you start filming where you're like, I'm an imposter and I don't know what I'm doing. You sort of take this leap of faith and you also go, here are all these extremely talented people who believe that I can do this. So I just need to show up and <laughs> do it. Colin, your character owns a tea shop in the film. How did you learn so much about tea ceremonies? Always have loved ritual, any kind of system of, of deliberate behavior, conscious behavior, um, 
with the intention of a goal. The ritual of the tea ceremony was really beautiful and it was really, really gentle and it became a conduit into Jake's inner world and, and also the isolation of Jake. And I drank a lot of tea throughout the shoot. I did a lot of little tea ceremonies on my own in my hotel room. Justin, your skin looks amazing, by the you way. You do look like, incredible. You're looking very, you're looking very yangish. Wow, you are. I'm like, you're looking are very you? techno sapien, uh, <laughs> handsome, slash handsome. Yeah. Colin Farrell hitting on Justin Min at the end there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's so much to unpack there. You kind of look like an android. Before we dance, just a little aside, like how fucking incredible is Justin Min in this movie? Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's so good. Like Colin, everyone, like Colin Farrell is the you know rightly praised because it's I, I again I think it's Colin I think it's the yeah. best performance he had last. It's year. this Banshees and the Batman. Yeah, but uh, I think, I think this, is, this is the best of the three performances. But Justin Min is like right can up you, there. Like, can I tell you, Justin Min is awesome in Shortcomings, which uh, I, did, I just oh, saw. Dude. Oh, I saw you saw it. I yeah, fucking I was, loved Shortcomings. Shortcomings I was great. And, and by the way, I feel like you almost get a baseline three stars when something's centered in the Bay Area, just because that's where I'm from. But that is a really great movie, and he's really good in it. Like, it's, yeah. that's a good, well-rounded uh uh, kick ass movie, and so like, and I haven't seen him in much. I've seen him in this, I've seen him in that. Uh, he was in Beef. Oh, that's right, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's like sense. the pastor in Beef. <laughs> he's a yeah, also and the Brolic Academy. Beef was fucking, beef was fucking unreal. Like, that is one of that's the best show. shows I've ever seen in my life. But okay, so like, A, he's awesome. B, can, I, I feel like the fact that it's an all male panel, we're dropping the lead in the fact that Colin Farrell, I'm sorry, what, he was doing like. Sexy Western dancing? Like, that's like, <laughs> hello. Yeah, apparently he was also a suspect in an attempted murder case. Because he just what? happened to look, he happened he's to look like, like one of his own characters. He, he happened, no, he just happened to look like a police sketch and he was traveling in Australia. Uh-huh. And uh, they were like, oh, you look like the guy from this police sketch. So they brought him in, I guess. And he couldn't, and he blacked out. So he didn't remember what he had done that night. So the only the way he got out of, I don't know, I'm reading Wikipedia. The way he got out of the, uh, the attempted murder thing is that. His friend had a, a journal that he was writing yeah. everything in that he had done. And he, it was like, oh, no, we were I guess we were taking like ecstasy in Sydney the night of that thing. So we couldn't have been involved in the attempted murder case. And that's how he got off. Oh, there you go. It's an easy out. Uh, I didn't know uh, Jody Turner Smith that much. I've since seen her. She was in White Noise. I know she's in Neon Demon is like one of her first things. But like she was like a model. But before being an actor. Yeah. yeah she's she like, you know, yeah. Last year was her first in, movie. She, or second. She in, is she in Queen Slim? Yes, Queen and Slim. Yeah, yeah which so I think came out. Have, the... so I guess that came out before. That came out after, or it came out before, but it was shot after. I guess. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's right. So, but it's it's actually really good too. I mean, it's a strong cast, and and again, it's cool. So, getting back to the opening sequence, right? Like you you are actually getting introduced to all the characters, including the closest thing to like a right wing dude it looks like in this movie which is the uh, the, the the guy who cracks I'm him glad open. to see libertarians made it through the war right exactly. <laughs> they made it on the other side like and i mean he's not wrong though about the whole like uh, he's not fucking like, like 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 we're dealing with that now with uh uh the fact that um 
like farmers can't fix their own farm equipment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's well, I mean, they do it with phones too. If you, if you try to fix your own phone, you void the warranty, and that's yep. so that they can sell you a new phone, right? It's planned obsolescence. But like, imagine that with like a human, like, well, what what appears to be at least like a human being, right? Like, yeah. Well, I, I mean, at least at the very minimum, like a family pet. But yeah, it is still a, fa- a member of the family. Well, and there's that uh, was is is the. The professor, Doctor uh, Sarita, uh, she was in Green Knight. Um, yes, uh, Sarita, whatever last name is, I can't. I can remember off the top of my head. She's great too. She's, I mean, she's she's a great. Oh yeah, her. She's awesome. She's in like Lady in the Water. One of the best things about Lady in the Water, frankly. Was it Chogri? Chody? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's rad in this, and and then, like because at first she's like, oh, like we're just watching. Because at first you're like, oh, this is like these five families or whatever in competition and they're like three thousand families have been eliminated it's like, oh no we're just seeing the people relevant to what we're about to see yeah yep. yeah and and those twins by the way are just failing it like i don't know like i, this not, time, I, I was like i didn't get that the first time well obviously but like i just got that today over because I, I watched it twice yeah. i got that today i was like oh that's the that's the lady from the museum yeah yeah because you're like oh wait <laughs> i saw them early on so you see everyone yeah. you're going to see in the movie in the opening sequence, but in a way that has never, that I'm aware of, ever been depicted in film before. Well, and it, that feels like another version of this, like, uh, everybody feels like- Peacemaker? They're together. They feel like they're together. They feel like they're together at the same time as, like, being isolated from each other. Yeah. Like, one way that they all are able to uh, all, like, conjoin or whatever, or right. whatever, like, uh, is, is the fact that, you know, they could do this competition. They like call this bond unifying them. experience of doing these silly dances in front of the television for and and you see like the neediness of the one guy that has all the clones right like next door that wants yeah. to hang out with them. who are terrible I, that awful. guy seems like that guy also <laughs> seems like he's a little he's a little vaguely right wing like uh because he's the guy that introduces him to the fucking other libertarian guy yeah. like i wonder well, if there's, well, there's, just, podcast. there's just like a there's like a group of them i wonder like they, they're all like they're all like oh i bet there's spyware in there and like that's what they talk about probably is <laughs> But I think that, yeah, but it's, so, it's, so it's interesting all this gets tied together, and there's so much time spent in Yang's memory bank. What you get is all letterboxed, right? Not the site, no. <laughs> the frame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just nothing about letterbox reviews. It's, 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 memories. it's, it's wild. Like 69 versus, versus being, and like you, like it's, it's rare someone can like make you aware of aspect ratio in an artful way, but he manages to pull it off. Yeah. Because every time he's got like those freaking goggles on, you know, are you are you watching? Oh, I'm watching documentary. Is it about tea? Is it boring you to tears? Hilarious because he's crying <laughs> when it's, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, but you, yeah, you get all these these, and and I kept, I'm guilty as anyone else that the first time I saw this, I was like, uh, he's gonna be like, getting up the nonsense. He's, he's gonna be uh there's gonna be like some murder or something or he did something nefarious and it's like oh no not really he just is living life it's like oh okay well, well I, it's kind of the why same did i think that with, it's kind same of the same thing with come on come on by the way i felt the same way yeah. about come on come on when i saw it i, I kept expecting something t- horrible to happen there was like nothing horrible happened why did i think there was something horrible is going to happen like every 10 minutes well <laughs> it, it's the same thing with the like the spying right like the the banality of stuff it's like when you when you really like think about it after the fact it's like well like this is just some family you know what i mean like yeah. there's probably not like uh like it's not like they're gonna be the ones with the with the spying what i thought i thought it was gonna be revealed in the end that uh his wife's been cheating on him and she wasn't going to the office that's what that, i don't know why I, right I that, well because they clearly yeah. are at loggerheads and you, it's pretty apparent they probably had discussions about this goddamn tea store in the past and how, how he's just basically yeah. standing around there all day like waiting for a customer to show and up she's working hard she's working like overtime and he's like yeah i didn't tell any tea today <laughs> 
I can speak well, firsthand. Yeah, it's, That's stressful. It's, it's one of those things that like <laughs> people get incredibly interested in these um like very specialized skills, like the tea ceremonies, right? Yeah. And it's like if that thing is not in the zeitgeist or if it's not taking off the way that it should be, or if they invent something that undercuts it, right? Like who who the fuck is like, oh well, I'm in the middle of uh I mean, I'm sure there's somebody, but like I'm in the middle of this uh, you know, this new world. I really want a tea like an official tea <laughs> ceremony. If if the person's not thinking that, right, and they're just looking for convenience, like the stupid tea crystals that white people be drinking, um, like, uh, you know, that that thing is now, like, obsolete. And it's like, yeah, you yeah. might know, like, because he does a really beautiful little tea ceremony, and he's showing him how to do it, but it's like, if nobody wants that... It's you, a boutique, it's a boutique thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's a boutique item. Well, first, actual tea is a boutique item. But the tea as a ritual and as something that you would want to have in your life for uh, you know, psychological purposes, for meditative purposes, ever, what have you, is not in vogue, and not that it's in vogue now, at least in the U.S., right? But like, you no, know, it's, it's, it's obviously much more so. At least there's a tea time in, in England. And in, I uh, mean, y'all, y'all know how stuff. much tea I drink, and, and <laughs> which right. is a lot. Um, I have some right now, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I love you know, I, like like when he's sharing the experience with Yang, right? Uh, about yeah. like. And then he, he, you know, about the documentary about tea where he goes into his, frankly, killer Werner Herzog impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really good. It's, it's, like, it's like, oh, man, right? that is really yeah. good. I, I didn't get that. I didn't get that until you until you brought it up. Like, it's I a real documentary. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he says he's his German friend. And it's yeah. like, I, I, would, I would never assume like the German friend is Werner, Werner Herzog. Yeah. Unless you said German documentary filmmaker, then I absolutely would assume that that was Werner Herzog. <laughs> but I, it's such. Be... Oh, go ahead, Zach. I was going to say, I was gonna say isn't isn't uh, Vim Vendors uh, German? That's true. Could, no. Yeah, so it could be. Could could have been Vim. Could have been Vim. Been I, Vim. I can't see you making a documentary about tea, though. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, his his documentaries are, they have a little bit more weight to them. I think I was walking through the forest, and there was I I taste the leaves and I taste the trees. Which, by the way, yeah, Nick Cave to write a song about leaves. it. It's, that's what tea is. <laughs> tea is leaves, dude. <laughs> but I, but it's again it goes back to the fact that Yang feels it appropriate to capture that moment. This is one of his the memories in his memory box, right? And, yeah. and like it, it is a beautiful moment because. Because the whole time you're like, why is he fucking around in this tea shop? Like, what what is this man up to? Like, like, and then it's like, oh no, this is like something that he cares about deeply, and here's the reasons why. And he kind of knows that it's tilting against windmills, but he's choosing to do it anyway, and it's important to him. And and, and you get he's to see the kind what of guy he, that makes everything harder for himself. <laughs> but you get to see what he gets out of it, and then Yang in turn gets something out of that. Yeah, out of that experience, and is and. Yeah. and Again, it, it the idea of connection. Like you can get caught up in something that um, most people don't care about at all, and then if it's important to you and you, the people in your life and that love you care about you, it may not be important to them. But the fact it's important to you makes it important. Yeah, and also like like Podcast. this show, like like bringing on guests <laughs> that actually uh, you know who are really passionate about a movie, sure. even if we're milk toast about it. I love to see that. Uh, although we're actually all passionate about this one, so you know, go see Yang uh, after yeah. Yang. Also, uh, just a total side note: like, so I've been on three episodes so far, and you've had me like a movie that's in my top ten, movies in my top twenty-five, and a movie that's still 
it's it's lower in my ranking but i still think it's a masterpiece like please feel free to have me on for movies that i think are shitty too like i don't i know. don't like but that, we don't do that i've never i've I never heard that you say happening. a movie is i've never heard you say a movie is shitty like we've gone through a list of movies you're always like yeah that was great i liked it good good movie I've I've seen him talk some trash, but it's all ones I. Hate. Oh yeah, but you just need to go on my you just need to go on my letterbox guy. Like uh, yeah, yes. Yesterday I watched um, uh, Raging Grace, which was fucking dog shit. I don't know what that is. Um, so there's terrible. there's one for you. Um, I rewatched Love Actually, which I've never loved, <laughs> but I rewatched Love Actually a few days ago, and I think it's awful. Um, that sounds painful. I never, I never seen it, and I don't intend to. There's a big, there's actually a really Titanic Two is out there. There's a really big movement to sort of rehab Love Actually into being a good movie, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Well, I, I don't, that. I don't think that's a new movement. I think that's been for the, its entire existence. Well, it will fail huge. because I hope movie. so. But there, you'd be surprised. Like my sister thinks it's it's like a master. Oh my God, movie. average rating seven point six on IMDb. Get out of here. It's higher you than know, After Yang. Come um, on. Really, uh, the, the Royal Hotel. Said. The Royal Hotel. I despised. I want to know how much Telluride and Tiff were bribed <laughs> to put that movie in their lineup. I don't know what this is. People really, people really used to be into oh, like, the idea oh, the, that like the, the, the Julie Garner, uh, like barely related yeah, stories. Julie they're like, they're like, oh, this will be so cool. Like these stories are barely related, and then there's like a thread going through all of them, and they're all like stories about romance. That we could get every actor that's ever lived to be in them. It'll be so cool, man. And it's like none of those movies were ever good. None of that kind of genre of movie is good. It's just yeah. well, that one like, certainly uh, isn't because all the all the stories are so painfully bullshit. Like they're so the ridiculous. Shows up and tries to take his best friend's girl. He's doing the opposite of the fucking thing that he that happened to him in Walking Dead, where his I, best friend takes his girl. A guy, a guy has a maid for one day, and they don't speak the same language. And he goes to her village, and the entire village supports him proposing to her. Oh, like God. it's fucking ridiculous. It's a ridiculous. I hate movie. this movie, and I've never seen it. Like, so like the, you're making me like it less. So the royal one scene with Rick Grimes. So, so the Royal Hotel, which is a, a, a newer movie, it's it's based off of an actual experience, which is uh, something that was uh, Hotel Coolgardie in Australia, and there was a documentary called Hotel Cool Guardy that, that that I actually saw that was good and it's kind of weird and messed up but at no point ever was I was like there needs to be a biopic about this no I was like no there does not need to be a biopic about this I feel I feel kind of bad for saying this but the actual experience of living through that is just about the only thing in the world I can imagine be worse than watching that fucking movie <laughs> So uh, I can't. All right, we're already this deep in it, but it's like these these uh, two Americans are out back. They're uh, in Australia, like backpacking, and they take a temporary job at this like weird pub in the middle of nowhere. And it's just like, yeah, what do you think's gonna happen? You know, like what what, what it's, it's yeah. What do you think? Uh, a but, koala bear falls on their head, and then they meet Renee. Right, right. Exactly. The problem is, it's like, yeah, what do you think is going to happen? But it's a movie of just the same fucking thing happens over and over again, yeah. and then the movie just ends. All right. Well, I haven't, I haven't seen the actual movie, but the documentary I thought was was it was worth watching. But... Uh, I'll check it. I mean, look, I'll check it out because I just, you know, sure if a real thing happened, that's kind of fascinating. But like, fuck, man, this, this just the screenplay was just awful. 
Like, I, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a contender that you shouldn't be actively thinking about the fucking script and the and the story structure and stuff when you're watching a movie. Like, if those things are actively popping to your head, right? These usually something's wrong, you know. I agree. So, I agree. uh, so getting back to After Yang and having nothing to do with any of that, like, <laughs> this is so. This is a good example of like a meditation on like love and loss, right? Yeah. And I think like, I don't know, I haven't watched Love Actually in a long time and I'm not going to, but like, I just feel like all that stuff is is candy coated and just sort of like the idea of like uh, love, like it's like that fake love of, of, of like these endless Hallmark movies that just like, I can't abide them. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and I think that this is such a great job and some people don't like this this the slowness of it or the fact that like yeah no zombies or like cyborgs leap out and attack or anything along those lines and it's like no i mean you get to think about the idea of what is connection yeah like and, and, and like think about it in terms of like yeah it's through the auspices of the fact <clears throat> that there's this member of the family this this android that is now no no longer around but like you it's it's a small scale thing but it's huge because think about the like what is more relatable than that We've all lost people. We all will continue to lose people. We lost Forrest already. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you rebooted. <laughs> and it's and it's hard, right? It's hard to deal with, and people deal with it in different ways. And it's really hard, I think, to find a gr great movies about grief and uh, missing people. And I think a lot of movies do do a, do a they'll do a good job to kind of show that, but this is does a great job of showing it just happens to be there, it's an android. <laughs> I think a lot of I think there have been a lot of movies, and actually there have been a lot recently too. Like some of my favorite movies of the past, like each of the past few years, have captured the emotion of it really well. Mm -hmm. But I feel like after Yang captures like the actual like again just on like a sensory level, like the experience of it. Like you're actually like yeah, you're getting the emotion of it in in other films but you know in in this you're actually you feel like you're actually inhabiting the character and, and experiencing right. the memory and the loss and the contemplation um you know it's, it's, this yeah. is the first movie this is one of the first movies i feel like that almost uh does the vr thing pretty well like yeah uh, i mean it's not really like you know what i mean he's watching through the memories but it's like the same thing with like <laughs> don't say the lawnmower man andy don't do it oh i was gonna say vr5 <laughs> no but it feels it feels like that kind of thing with like the glasses and like the experiencing it through the like feels like it does that well and i feel like it does it well because it's not like this is going to be vr interesting thing we got here <laughs> right yeah attention yeah. attention attention everybody we're gonna do vr now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's i like this deserved a bigger audience yeah yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like I can't this, put it any more succinctly than that. This deserved yeah. fucking Oscar nominations. Yeah, like like I'm stoked that now Past Lives is sort of like in contention for next year now and it kind of fell out for a while and now it's back. And that's that's great. That's lovely. That that's an awesome movie. But like, yo, where was After Yang in, in there? I yeah. yeah, I still have to see that one too. Same. Past Lives I, is great. I like that. I'm trying to remember what I was watching a um a a I think maybe it was Bo's. It was probably Bo's afraid when I went and saw it in the theater, and they had like yeah. the past lives uh, ad before it. Oh, but I that's also that. like I, I got to talk to me. It's no, uh, it's no Napoleon. That's all I'll say. 
But the Oscars, you know, genre movies are tough for the Oscars oftentimes. You know, and yeah, then I mean, KT and I were talking about how Maggie got snubbed, uh, you know, the year it came out, which, uh, like, fucking, fucking, uh, that stupid ass movie we covered that I'm still pissed off about, uh, Danish Girl got nominated for Best Actor. <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger, who gives the, the performance of his career, is completely snubbed. Um, by one of the worst actors in the world right now. That, that's I guess I, I guess as long enough from that episode I can say it. that was the one episode I'm like I watched I'm like nope I'm not coming on for this one I got nothing nice to say <laughs> I won't do it I was mad that I was on that episode yeah because I I, like, I, I I didn't just dislike it I was like I actually hate this movie and I'm just, oh I like, started screaming about how they didn't understand artists <laughs> yeah I believe it I mean and then I think I yeah, think yeah, yeah, they didn't understand trans people they didn't understand artists <laughs> I mean, I a bunch person? of people thought no. that that's what the show was too it was like you were gonna be so disappointed when you find out it's not that at all and we talk about uh. stuff we like <laughs> yeah but yeah no see, seeing that uh Schwarzenegger got snubbed for that movie just just got me so angry yeah talking about Maggie yes Is, okay all right, all right. it's a great well, film Okay, I'm just saying. I, I was just getting a clarification. <laughs> Not to be confused with Mandy, but Maggie. No, no, I, I know it's yeah. Mandy's Nicholas Cage. Mandy is excellent. I if Mandy was Oscar nominated, that's a world I'd love to live in. <laughs> White woman because be, that movie is intense. White woman be uh be drinking coffee with you know tea with fucking. They love crystals and they love naming their kids uh with M's in their name. You know Maggie, yeah. Mandy. There's there's too many. I can't keep track of them all. White people got to stop. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, 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 should we should we do letterbox one liners now? Do you want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. So, of course, <clears throat> Letterboxd is a social media site for film lovers to talk at with and to each other about the movies they love, maybe the movies they didn't love, uh, the movies that. Uh, Got nominated in sense of, instead of Maggie. Who knows? Uh, it's not for me to say. It's everybody gets to have their say. And uh, it's not just Siskel's neighbors of the world. It's an open source democracy. Everyone gets to chime in. Opine. And, of course, that is best expressed for the purpose of this bit succinctly. Because this is where we take the selection of reviews from the movie we are covering, put them on screen, and talk about them. These are the letterbox one-liners for After Yang. Nobody suggested turning them off and on again. Don't say don't say my joke. Don't don't say my jokes that I was gonna say. Did they try putting him in rice? Fuck. Oh bad. <laughs> Stop. Boo. Stop. Boo. <laughs> I'm never coming on the show again. <laughs> Cryfy. It is Cryfy. It's totally Cryfy, absolutely. I feel I really I feel like Tumblr opened up space for Cryfy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Colin Farrell does a pretty solid Herzog impression. You know he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> <laughs> no one goes to Colin Farrell's tea store, and that is the movie's greatest tragedy. I the Colin Farrell character, like I, I had a vision in my mind of uh, a movie after this where it's uh, he does like the Grand Torino thing, but yeah. it's with clones. He's like <laughs> he's racist against clones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate them because his neighbors are all clones. So, he's, like, so, he's like a gun on their porch. Someone's so like, we would think that'd be funny, <laughs> and we would play that as a comedy. And then you know, in fifty years' time, where clones are every day, like actually, this humor is very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing clone face. That's clone, <laughs> clone face. face. 
God damn. <laughs> a cautionary tale about the dangers of letting TikTok dance culture invade our households. It's going to ruin our best robots. We don't talk about it enough. We don't. <laughs> Yang had the best photo dump. Instagram would have loved him. Yeah, and nobody would know he was an Android. They'd be like, he, he ran this Instagram every day. And like, yeah. really <laughs> like, I heard it's actually run by an Android. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely, deeply moving film where in one scene, Colin Farrell does a Werner Herzog impersonation. Yeah. You're really, you're really obsessed with the Herzog impersonation. On <laughs> they were supposed to be flipped and it would have been like callback, but it's fine. Uh it's a good Herzog impersonation. How many good Herzog impersonations are out there? Not many. Oh, none. There's a bunch of terrible ones, but this yeah. is like the only good one. Yeah. yeah. This is one of the terrible ones. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Colin Farrell's eyebrows, you'll love his sad dad mustache. Well, he, just ripped off, he just ripped off one of his eyebrows and put it on his face. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> Facial hair, am I right? <laughs> Wiping tears from my eyes, Googling. Werner Herzog in T documentary. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the top comment in my in my heart uh, for, for this one. Do androids do androids dream of electric grief? Wow, mm, that's actually that's that's uh those two. Those fuck. two are my favorites. That's that's good. And topical too, because that was last that was this earlier this week we did Blade Runner. Those are the letterbox one liners for after Yang, please, please, please follow the show HQ account at Movie Night Extra. We are putting up all kinds of awesome content for people to experience on Letterboxd. And by we, I mean Andy and I. <laughs> and, and, and we're working really hard at it and trying to build that up. Uh, the refurbished host, Always Flacco, at Always Flacco. He would have listened to the Chinese fun facts, but he was way too busy logging stuff on Letterboxd. And you can yeah. find him there about all that. I am the Tea Ponder at Kona Neutron. You can follow me for the highbrow, the midbrow, the populist fair. Finished up the Criterion Challenges last year. New one starts on the 15th. So follow me along for that if you want to keep it, uh, keep it, uh, just keep it 2024. I don't know. I, I got nothing for this. Uh, J. Andrew, Dao of Yang World will give you unsolicited Chinese fun facts. This <laughs> is like Yang. Yes. <laughs> and he's also watching the weirdest stuff. So you don't have to. Or maybe so you can. Maybe he can. He can be your. Uh, he can be your your Yang Sherpa. in the darkness. Your Sherpa, yes, your Yang Sherpa. Uh, so follow him along to see what he's up to and everything that uh, he has going on with uh, all the weird stuff that, that that he's watching because he's he's doing it either way. And you can find him uh, right about now too on Letterboxd. Zach Marsh, all in this tea, which of course is the name of the uh, the, the much reference I'm getting. Uh, kind of like self-conscious about it the the Werner Herzog doc uh he's not even it's not his documentary he's just in it but it's less blank that's um the guy who did burden of dreams which is actually incredible which is the documentary about the making of Fitzcarraldo which is actually as entertaining as watching Fitzcarraldo and, and almost as crazy so but anyway all this tea uh Zach is of course on letterbox he does lots of other things as well we'll get we'll get to those but uh you can and should Follow Zach Marsh on Letterboxd. Let me explain why. Because that's how I remembered to watch the movie After Gang, which is how we ended up having it on Movie Night Automata. So uh, thank you. Thank you for that, Zach. Uh, your account. Uh, Zach. Follow him for that alone. <laughs> right, exactly. 
it's Zach. Uh, it's just Zach Marsh, right? The handle, the handle Zach B Marsh. But if you just Zach search, Marsh. if you just search Zach Marsh, I should be the first one that comes up. Zach with an H, everybody. That is yes, H not K. You now, search for all for the audio listeners out there. Exactly. You search for the K, you're gonna with someone else, and they suck ass, and they're not me. So they're they're gonna yeah. they're gonna be they're, they're not the best Zach Marsh's people. Top four is the Royal Hotel, Love Actually, and uh, anyway, no kidding. Uh, Raging Grace Raging and Grace. Uh, can... and uh, the non Cronenberg Crash. Those are my top. Oh my four. god! Oh my god! I would block someone immediately if that's what they had as their. Yeah, that that no, my my top. I can tell you my top four without even looking. It's uh, everything ever all at once. Lawrence of Arabia, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is fitting because uh, we just did the OG. You guys just did the OG and uh, the Godfather. Yep, a little little obscure movie called The Godfather. Little yeah, little little known. Yeah, you heard of this? Heard of this, Paul? Anyway, Chinese fun facts. Take us away with the plugs. Why don't you? All right. If you're watching us right now on YouTube, please do all the YouTube things: like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell, and of course, the big ask we always ask you to do: watch the video to the end. That allows the algorithm uh, for us to be found within it. Uh, other movie fans can can see like, oh, hey, what is this movie night extravaganza? And you get to hear a great Conan Neutron song. So it's a fair trade. Uh, especially since it's only one month we're going to be having this song. So so right. get as much of it in your ear holes as possible. Because it's like if you like synths, you got three, three, four more episodes. How many more we got in this month? Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> it's got the dirty robot on it, too, which is a pedal. Yes. Well, well, you had to. Was, How do we not have the dirty Yang, robot on Autobot? Yang, uh, Yang was a little bit of a dirty robot. He was, he was, he was a dirty robot. hanging around yeah, with. I uh, thought the, he was a dirty robot, robot at first. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But if you're uh, hey, watching girl, us over on hey, girl, you a you a clone? Keep going, oh man, if I could go up with a pickup line, all these blonde girls be looking the same to me. They're clones. That explains it. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> if you've had one, you've had them all. Yes, he's just gonna use the space if you don't go. If you're over on Twitch, throw us a sub. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I almost, uh, yeah, never mind. Um, yeah, throw us a sub. If you happen to have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe to us for free. It does not cost you a penny, but it actually does help out the show. So if you can do that, please do so. Um, we, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Blue Sky, Threads, and probably a few more uh, I, that I don't know about. Oh, God, there's probably five more that popped up during this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, look for a pseudo spoutable. No. So, so exhausted. <laughs> um but yeah you can you can find us on those uh sites and uh you know say hi we, we, we'll uh we'll respond we don't bite unless you ask us to uh we do have a patreon um and uh that's actually how you get us to bite uh you have to pay us but uh it's all right there on the patreon um so so if that's what you're into <laughs> go there throw some bones and uh we'll chop down conan uh, I, that, that analogy went so many places. I, I was like, you know I, what? Don't even, I don't know what you're doing. I didn't know where I was going. Where it's going, going. I, started, I didn't know where it's going, but it's going on. He's like, I'm going to land this plane somehow. It's only on the Hudson. Let's go. <laughs> uh, you have a great show called Protonic Reversal. Yes, I do. Correct. And people have been staring at the uh, the logo all night. On that love. Um, anyways, you have better music than that on there. 
I do. And it's notable that you mentioned that because I'm compiling the my favorite records of 2023. It's an episode I do every year. Uh, it's a break-in format where I post one song from each of my favorite records of that year, oftentimes from people I've had on the show. And it doesn't go to YouTube because YouTube is meant to enforce copyright and almost nothing else. Uh, chances yeah. are probably that's going to be the case this year. But you can find it everywhere else that it, the you find Proton Controversial, which is literally anywhere there's podcast. And, and of course, you can sign up for the Patreon and get that early. Yes, absolutely. Just a dollar a month. And uh, yeah, that's, dollar. It, it, it helps out Conan and it uh, gets you that episode early. So you can buy uh, some stocking stuffers. Have time for it to come in in time. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, another th- uh, stocking stuff you should buy is go to neutronfriends.bandcamp.com to check out Code of Neutron and Secret Friends. Yes, please. Do so. Do, do so. <laughs> Give us money. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Adult Prom is the new one. Yeah, um, it's, it's like two months old, you know? It's, yeah. it's like 100,000 years ago now, but like that's yeah. uh... <laughs> I mean, you know, baby, babies are still like, you know, not smiling and just farting at this point. So, you know. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it, it's, it's still pretty new. So go get it. Learning Curve Records. Yeah, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com, as you mentioned. That goes directly to us. We're going to put some new merch items up, uh, but not until like January or so. So don't worry about it now. But you can buy. there's plenty of old stuff to buy. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, Dave copy's still available, there. except for Art of Murder. That's out of print. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say that one. I just said Dangerous Nomenclature. Yeah, that one, there's still copies available. Which is, which is the previous album. So mm-hmm. there we go. Um and of course, Christina couldn't join us tonight, but uh, she does have a Patreon. So if you want to go support her uh, when she's, uh, uh, it's uh, patreon.com slash cosmopolitics. And of course, you can always check her out on Twitch if you need your Christina Phil uh, whenever she happens to be on, which we don't know when that's going to be. Uh, hopefully next week, right? Yeah, yeah. I imagine it's going to be on next week. Um, I think just, Tuesday, but. Uh, I can't say yeah, what day, though. <laughs> she's just, no, I think, it's, I think on Tuesday she's going to be on. She just has family stuff going on right now. Well, yeah. we do, is, isn't it Friday next week for Ex Machina? I thought Tuesday was Ex Machina. No, no, it's Friday. No. Yeah, we have like a week off. Dude. That's Renee. So. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, Renee and KT is coming That's up not... next week. So, so another Friday episode. That's on Hotel we... Cool Guardy time. Yes. And AKA of course... the Royal Hotel for Zach. <laughs> <laughs> and Zach's over there uh, waiting to for me to mention his great short film, A Talk of the Park. Uh, which Thank if you, you uh, I don't know where you can go see it, but I know it was like touring some nowhere festivals. Yet. Nowhere yet. Still yeah, doing I've, the got festival some, I've got some, I've got some to hear back from. Uh, so we'll see how those go. Uh, but uh, yeah, YouTube or something 2024. Um, it'll be somewhere where people can watch it. And uh, yeah. yeah. And it is on Letterboxd as well. So it is. And you can see I my review. logged it. And I think I even reviewed it. Did I? Maybe. Hopefully. You did review it. I, I was very appreciative of it. That was a, it was a great review that you gave it. It's a great short uh, film. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're very, yeah, I'm very, pr- I'm very proud of it. Um, I'm working on a feature now. So uh, nice. I can't wait. Writing, writing stage, but uh, I have a pretty firm idea for it. Like I've got it treatmented out and it's just getting the words on the pages. Um, so stay tuned for that. I don't know, you know, when, if, it'll get made it'll require money being put in put into it. Cause I'm not, you know, there's, there's infrastructure involved with this one. It's a lot more complicated than a talk in the park, but, uh, uh, I, I feel very optimistic that it'll be, it'll be my next thing. 
as well and, as and a, you're in Canada, a, a, so you get like arts funding pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, and at I, least compared to the some, states. So, I've got some acting yeah. acting projects. I, I just played the lead role in another short film. Um, nice. Which I, I don't. I think it's coming out in April or so. It was like it was funny. It was, it's technically a student film, but it was like the set was really professionally run. Uh, the it, the the film looks great. I saw like stills. And I'm really proud of my performance. It felt great on set. I can't wait to see how it turns out. Um, it's called, at least the working title is Resurgence. And, uh, and I'm the lead. Um, and I went nice. full method. I, I put on, I, I regained some of the weight that I lost. I let my facial hair grow, go scruffy. Um, and I basically had to play an asshole for an entire weekend. So it was, it was, uh, uh, then I've been going, I've been going method for the last year. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's uh yeah resurgence uh coming sometime in 2024 um and he it, set you up on like that for like you were a comedy team god damn man that was <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome we'll be on the lookout for it we'll watch list it when we can uh, when we can do that you know yeah that sounds great i is think that that's all, it. Is that all the plugs Here's the uh, here's a oh. the story. We can start doing this, I guess. Um, the rest yes. of the movies that we're covering this month, just because you know it's hard to disseminate this information. Uh, Axe Machina is the Alex Garland movie with Renee and KT coming up. Wally Ross Hurt from Rigs of Dad is coming back for that. That'll be right before Christmas, and then that's gonna be, course, that's gonna be a big episode. I have a feeling because their following is big. Yeah, it's it's a it's yes. And, and it's a popular film. Like, like people are going. I haven't to, seen Wally since like 2009. I think I I've saw never it. seen Wally. My kids didn't want to watch it, and I'm like, yes, one less kid film to watch. <laughs> Wally's great. Uh, Mark but, Fisher like writes about it in Capitalist Realism. Like that's how how pervasive ideas about Wally were at the time. So, and then we're closing out the year with uh, an obscure little film called 2001: A Space Odyssey, <laughs> which uh, never heard of it. Yeah, heard of the no Wally. Yeah. It's no Wally, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's what we got coming up for uh, Movie Night Automata. And um, yeah, proud proud we are of all of them. All right. Um, Zach, you got some final thoughts? This is one of your favorite movies. I'm sure you got a lot to say. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's really simple. Uh, I think we all know what my favorite movie last year was. <laughs> uh, no the, the 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 real the real fight is for silver uh and there were a lot of films there were i mean colin farrell had a motherfucker of a year the batman banshees of Sharon, and after yang um which are probably my next three in my ranking i think um but there was tar there was top gun maverick there was uh broker Triangle of Sadness, which I was on an episode yeah, here episode, for, yeah. um, you know, so many just fucking unbelievable RRR. Um, I thought RRR was going to actually like make a bigger impact, and it kind yeah, of yeah. That best picture, but... that 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 no that the lack of a best foreign film nomination was shocking. Best picture, yeah. no best picture nomination. I hated, I hated that. Um, I really loved All Quiet on the Western Front, but I would have rather RRR had both of those spots. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the film the film that is resoundingly my number two of last year is After Yang. Uh, I I think it's an, it's a masterpiece. I just rewatched Columbus a few months ago, nice. um, which is already a film that I adored. Uh, I used to be in the I was in the camp that uh, After Yang overtook it. I don't know now. 
they're really neck and neck. Um, but it, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like he Koganada is two for two in a way that I'm not sure any other filmmaker ever like was with their first two films. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, the biggest thing for me is just, I hope, I hope it doesn't take, you know, another four years for his next film. I hope it's pretty methodical. Yeah. (laughs) I hope his next film comes, uh, comes as, you know, as soon as possible. Like I'm, I, I can't wait to see what he does next. I think he's one of the best, he, he honestly is one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. And that's with two films. So, um, nowhere to go but down. <laughs> yeah. You throw a third oh, in there. Look at his video. I want to see some of his video essays. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen everything. I've seen some of his, some of his supplemental stuff on criterion things. Uh, I want to dive more into that, but as far as I'm concerned, like if he, if his third, if he does, if, if he does one more film and it's, it doesn't even have to be a masterpiece. Like if it's just a great film, uh, he's like, he, he might be on my, like my Mount Rushmore. Genuinely. All right. Um, Andy, final thoughts. This movie is a wonderful meditation on uh, loss and especially dealing with it with your child because one of the uh, tight ropes that, uh, that, that Colin Farrell goes through in this film is, is realizing, you know, he too has to mourn, but also has to do it in a way where he is not, he's there for his child, even though he hasn't really been there for his child. Uh, you know, in real life uh, and, and kind of like learning to connect with his child again uh, through this loss. Uh, and, um, you know, as a parent that like uh, hard relatable that, that, uh, you know, I'm always trying to connect with my kids. Um, uh, I know my kids are just like, you know, whatever, dad, you know, <laughs> just, just go back to watching your Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's still, uh, you know, it, it's it really it really did, uh, you know, like like it's a beautiful film because of that. And it's just uh, wonderful the way it kind of cut through and uh, get the, you know, um, I, I could see like uh, I think more people who are part of like the Asian diaspora should probably, you know, see this to kind of connect with it. I remember a friend of mine was actually uh, wanting to connect to her culture uh, and um uh, I remember we were looking at to see, go see a movie and I'm like, oh, there's a new John Woo movie. And we went to go see Mission Impossible 2. Well, uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Tom Cruise had great hair. <laughs> but uh, what Nothing can I like do? seeing representation on screen. Yes, that must be that must be John Woo's least Asian film. Oh, yeah. my God. It's like one of his worst films and mostly because of uh, uh, the score by... Um, that oh yeah i remember you told me yeah the score is ever i think i think everything about that film is bad i don't even know i i'm not even sure the score Tom is Cruise's my... hair is phenomenal and i will not hear you disparage yeah, his he, just, hair. he just had that hair because of vanilla sky he just happened to bring it onto the set of mission yeah, possible exactly. but it looked great all right i don't even you guys went all over the place there uh conan final thought <laughs> yeah this is a a very relaxed soft powerful and, and Zen, yeah, experience that focuses grief and connection as well as loss. And it's a it's a mesmerizing cinematic experience. Just absolute first rate world building cinematography. Uh, ultimately, it's a film about the power of memory and what's important to us and what's trivial. The context of all of it uh, and absence. And uh, there's never a bad time to ponder both grief and being human and how wonderful it is to ever be alive. 
at all. And uh, it all steeps like a very good tea. So uh, you guys want to do an after party in like 15 minutes or 10 minutes or something? Uh, I've got nothing yeah. better to do. I don't know all right. Let's do it. Like we can do, we can go through, maybe we can go through some Oscar smack talk or, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, discussion. Sorry. Excuse mm-hmm. me. All right. Well, we'll cut it here and then we'll go to the after party. And, uh, See, and I ended bit. strong and then I started saying smack talk about the... Uh, <laughs> I did it to myself that time. Slap fight <laughs> about the Oscars. No. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll, we'll go over there.